0: Yeah. Hey, Peter. Hey. Surely you've heard of the concept of swinging. I know you have. Yes. Yeah. Have you heard of Very con- familiar with it. Very. Almost too cocky <laughs> about it, actually. Uh, have you ever heard of the concept of hinging? Uh, not familiar at all with that. Well, not surprised, because we just made it up. Ooh.
1: I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> music advice coming at you from down low. Hold on, I'll wow, How you. did that happen? <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, how you doing? That was okay, I'm gonna try to. Oh, if you're not on the YouTube, well, uh, you missed that. Uh, music I, advice coming I, at you. I had a quick uh, now I'm up too high. We're having some seat adjustment issues here. We have these fancy, what do you call these kind of chairs? They're nice. Like they're, Aeron chairs. Aeron. Kind of, yeah. They're Aeron they're dynamic. Office, I mean, they're office chairs. They're chair office chairs. Sort of yeah, but I right before we started that, this just shows how professional we are. We didn't miss a beat. Not We a missed beat, a couple beats. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, I went plopping down in my chair, but it's all good. Good to see you here. Good to see Mr. you Manish. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, we've got the beautiful um, St. Louis cityscape in our background if you are seeing us on the youtube that's you can it. see that's that that's
0: all of it that's all the yeah. cityscape
1: if you are seeing us on the youtube hit the like and subscribe
0: button we uh, right. we appreciate your support we're trying to grow this channel this little channel we got we got a big podcast little uh, little youtube channel so we're trying to
1: that's right and we're going to tell you a little bit later about the Gentleman's agreement but i won't barrage our listeners with it we may it even yet.
0: read a review later on right yeah
1: but first i want to know about this cuz i I know what a hinge is, and like, this is a hinge, right? But I don't understand the concept. It's not that I don't understand it. I don't know what the hell it is. Well, so the title what of this, the hell this episode- is
0: the title of this episode is Stop Using Scales. No, I will not stop using them. I love scales. <laughs> no, but what, what I really mean is something that we've been talking a lot about at Open Studio Pro, and I'm actually working on a new course called Hearing Great Harmony, Peter. What do you know you're, about that? We're going to be talking Open about that Studio, a little bit later.
1: Pro, look at that. Yeah. Pro. Uh,
0: and so okay. we've been going over this concept- um, and it really it's, it stems out of a lot of Barry Harris material, but also there's this great arranger, string arranger named Russell Garcia mm. who did a lot of amazing string arrangements for people like Margaret Whiting, Frank Sinatra, and others. But he wrote a book called The Contemporary... I believe it's called The Contemporary Composer and Arranger. It's really just like a dance band arranging book, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. But he has this concept. He doesn't call it hinging, but it's chord-based. And I know a lot of people from uh, like music educators from his generation talked about this. Like, we got and this is actually could be a broader conversation and and maybe not for this episode, but I would love to talk to you about, because there is this delineation between like the bebop musicians and how they think about music and theory and how to go about it and like Herbie Hancock, right? And the people who are more modal or scale oriented or whatever. But building your chords with this way, I find to be very liberating. And this is what we're calling in Open Studio Pro sort of the hinge way of doing it. Yeah. Not cringe way, the hinge way. No,
1: no, no. So, uh, well, why don't you tell me what it is? <laughs> <laughs> <You're> <laughs> then like, I, then well, I can join in well, on I'm, the discussion. <laughs> I'm super
0: confused.
1: <laughs> well, no, I'm just super ignorant. So we,
0: so often you would, uh, you might think about, I mean, there still is like a scale involved, but it really is more about diatonic. It's about the key more than it's about the scale. So okay. if we're in the key of C major, right? We know that we can build chords up by skipping a note, right? Yeah. And you arpeggio, often a, jazz arpeggio. A jazz arpeggio is what you But you know, oftentimes we're taught that we use oh, so that little thing. So oftentimes we're taught that we can add extensions to these chords in jazz. I know where you're right going. Keep going, right? Oh, yeah. So the hinge concept and sort of Russell Garcia's concept is more based off of seventh chords you stick with one three five seven right these notes are sort of core to this concept in that every and this is kind of where we've landed on our own working through this in open studio pro and it's a really fun exercise it's not like the the only way but I've found this especially with like things like constructing voicings and arrangements can be a very freeing way to think about how harmony moves. It's going to get you to a similar thing of even like Fred Hirsch or Bach or, or that kind of voice. Thing. But you start with this four part one, three, five, seven harmony. Each one of these tones, the one, the three, the five, and the seven, it needs to be represented even as you change them. So the first thing you could do is say hinge your root up to the nine. Mm. Right? One, three, five, seven is represented. We've got the 3 is natural, the 5 is natural, and the 7 is natural. The root is represented, but it's hinged up to the 9. In other words, you're not adding the 9. You're hinging the root up to the 9, right? Uh, And you could do the same thing with the 5, right? We could do, uh, say, up to the 13 or the 6, right? You can go down a half step to the sharp 11, 11. right, or the flat 5 thinking about this though what it does if you think about this as so even if this is at a sharp 11 right your g is down to an f sharp it's it's representing it's an avatar of the five you're still one three five like you should be able to go through with this concept any four note voicing by the way the bass note is a separate issue the bass note is its own thing so it's just the root it's in the bass this is the four part harmony right yeah so this uh this 5 is represented in the sharp 11. What this does... Should we be calling it a sharp, a flat 5 I I would call it a flat 5 then, right. What this does is it adds a direction and a sort of function to these extensions other than just like we're adding thickness and layers to this. Because now this flat 5, it wants to go somewhere. This 6 or 13 can can move back to its home, right? This is especially salient in dominant chords. If we go to G7, so here's our G7 chord, right? I've got my my bass, right? The G, yeah, and that could be any note of the triad or even the seventh. We've got the G here, and we've got our four-part harmony. I'm gonna put the the root on top, so I've got B, D, F, and G, right? The third, the five, the seven, and the root, and again, we can hinge any of these, really. And and dominant chords are the most malleable, as we know, of any kind of theory, right? But in the hinge theory, where everything is represented one, three, five, seven, you can just move them around. The dominant chord is sort of endless in how this works. So the root, which I have here on top of my voicing, of course we can hinge it up to the nine, like we did with the major seven. But of course the root can hinge to the sharp nine, to the flat nine. Mm. And then when you realize this, you can say like, okay, as long as the root is represented in the harmony, I can move this all around. You hear, this is like how Russell Garcia, who's an arranger, is like thinking about this stuff. And you hear it in these great old string arrangements, right? It's not just a a flat nine based off of the diminished scale. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It has a function, has a weight, a gravity. It goes somewhere, right? Yeah. So thinking about the harmony as hinging up and down off of these core one, three, five, sevens, yeah. and then using chromaticism and voice leading to get it to get it somewhere is a lot different than saying, okay, I have half-step, whole-step, half-step, whole-step, and I have this, and this is part of it, and I can move it around. That's cool, and that has its way, but this is a different way to think about it, and check it out. So that's just the root that's hinging. On a dominant chord, the 5 can, of course, again, hinge down Uh, to the the sharp 11 or the flat 5. You got the flat 13, you got the 13. The third can hinge up a little sus, right? So everything is kind of, and you have all of this. The only thing that on the dominant chord doesn't really hinge is the dominant seven. You could do a major, but it it kind of gets a little not dominant sounding, right? But everything else in various combinations. And now you have all this like, like this amazing things that can weave in and out. You have all this voice leading. And the only rule is no matter what four note voicing, and this of course can be open or closed or whatever. I'm doing a yeah. space it closed. It has to represent one, three, five, or seven. Right. Mm. So you have to have each of those four core one, three, five, seven. And
1: nothing above that. And nothing unless, well I mean until you're going you hinge. Until you hinge. That. Like
0: the root can hinge to the nine. And right. of course, you know, you can have the thirteen in there as right. the five hinges up to that. But only as alterations of those you're not one, three, five, or seven. You're not adding, it's not additive where you're doing the yeah. traditional up there right you're just thinking of this as that 9 is representing the root in the chord i love it so it's a little bit of a restrictive framework
1: it's a restrictive framework for chord alteration
0: and it gets you to this place of that like i said is very similar i think i don't think you know Barry Harris was thinking like this but it gets you a very similar place to that and mm-hmm. i think it's actually closer to Sort of the bebop style of thinking about this, then, then like and scale running, scale running, yeah. or building your chords based off of like Phrygian, and then yeah. we're gonna build all this stuff, and now we can add extensions to the top and whatever, and you can and pretty much anything goes and we add. This is like very restrictive. It, it, as if you do this as sort of an exercise, even if you just like do what I'm doing here, where you go through changes, right? And you put just the bass note in the left hand, and that's its own separate thing, and yeah. you go through a tune, like if you just go through a blues and you do this get all this beautiful voice leading that you don't even realize is available to you if you're thinking about a scale because like if i'm thinking about you know going from 13 to flat 13 on a dominant chord yeah. i'm thinking about well got to change the sc- what's the scale that's appropriate that's associated with it this takes that all away it doesn't matter there's okay. no scale associated with it. it's
1: just 1 3 5 7 yeah. and you're hinging up and down and as long as everything's represented you're good i love it i and i i kind of understand it. i think that was a great description and, and just i understand The concept, that's what's important. I think folks, when they learn new theory or a new word that describes a musical concept, there's the theoretical uh, aspect of it, there's the application of it, which of course is sort of the most important thing because that's going to be the closest to the manifestation of the music that we hear. And what's immediately coming to me with this is like, you know, even though you're saying it's one, three, five, seven. Mm. So like B-flat major. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the fi- Yeah. But even if you're over like a C7, because you were saying how like the root doesn't really matter. Yeah. Exactly. Where you kind of float that on top, how you can still get into those upper extensions
0: All of in a different kind of way. Or up to here, you know, like everything has, as long as it's represented, that 1-3-5-7 is represented, anything's fair game and you can use your ear and there doesn't have to be a scale that's involved in it yeah it's like whatever is working with that
1: combination of four notes works and it's great too because it gives you the ability like i always feel like when i've always been a little bit adverse to thinking too deeply about upper extensions ninths eleventh, sharp 11 13 flat you know anything above the octave as always above the octave because the actual application for improvising doesn't lend itself always to that so I love this concept so in other words if I'm on like C7 that's not like scale based, but it is based upon this sort of these little alterations that are not just it's not based it's, it's like where big, you're going up up into the upper extension yeah. and then you start to alter them well you know? even
0: something as basic as like you know right has this con- is this p- concept is sort of part of that idea yeah. or something like and you can use the indian version on this is cool for the 357 yeah, one, three, yeah five, you can use open voicings yeah. in fact using open voicings in like a drop 2 is enlightening right so if you have so right so i have this this yeah. little five note thing here i'm a, it's a c7 to an f major Right? Yeah. And, and the opening C is C, and again, the root, the base note, and I don't call it the root, the base note is yeah. separate, it's its own thing. So the base be. note, it could be yeah, it could be any of those things. It's up to kind of the bass player or the very bottom of your right hand. So the base note is C, then I have B flat, E, A, and D, right? And you're thinking, well, Adam, where's root three, five, seven in those four notes? Well, yeah. root is this D, yeah. D is the, is the root hinged up the A is the 5, right? Yep. And now I can work any of these as I work my way back to F7. And I can work the F7. I can hinge. And there's no skit. It's not like I'm going now to like, uh, you know, with this. So here I have the, the A is now an A flat or G sharp, right? So I don't have to think, oh, is that whole tone? I'm like, no, it's, yeah. this is what it is. And any of these... Melodically work, and it actually kind of works melodically too. Yeah, you can think about this. I was thinking Bill of- Evans, mm-hmm. Shirley Horn. She, Shirley, definitely yeah, I mean, this you concept. hear this, Hank Jones. You hear this yeah, in a lot a of players, yeah. even if they're not thinking of this. It's kind yeah, of a fun out. way to get that sound. It's like it's like a it's like a counterpoint exercise almost, where it's like it's going to get you to sound like Haydn. Right, like, this kind of gets you to sound like some of those great arrangers
1: and pianists who are also great arrangers. It's a little bit of a restricted, um, you know, concept. It's a, a kind of a cheat code to getting you to be able to hear some things that are simple, but like important, kind of melodic, almost like backing yourself into the corner in some really cool way. Yeah. I was, I just was working on a video that's gonna hopefully come out soon about.
0: Overjoyed. Yeah,
1: And I'm thinking now this concept kinda, cause I was, ta- I was, this actually is probably not gonna make it into the video cause I ended up talking about pentatonics is what it's gonna be about, which I, it was fun. But the idea is like, how do you not play this like a jazz musician where it's like.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just filling it up with extensions yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah. like,
1: yeah, it's major, but the thing is the melody is right on the one, so it's always like... Like, yeah. what are we going to do, like a major 6-9? Yeah. But we don't necessarily just want to be triad either. Yeah. And if you think, if you see the things like... And Stevie was real slick the way he'd move in and out of these things, what you can hear on the recording and hear him do live. But I came up with some different ideas where you can add a jazz sensibility in terms of because the, the material has a very um well i don't need to go into it here but i'll say just for the hinging thing that was kind of a light bulb moment with you explaining this is like these kind of voicings. this is actually s- root one three five seven but then i'm hinging down the third to the ninth say it again it's root so i've yeah So like so it's actually the seventh on the bottom yeah, yeah 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 but then i'm hinging the third down to the ninth is that yeah. is that considered hinging Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And then I might double down, like, the third there. But the idea is that, you yes. know, like, how do you make something that sounds, and that's kind of a hinge thing over B-flat, too, without, like, just widening it out, you know, which we know we can do. But that sort of forces into a different kind of sound that we might not want.
0: Yeah, this would be like a five-note hinge voice thing with the melody on top. Right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's, it's a really fun
1: sort of game you can play. Because that... Seven, you know, root three, five, seven on the bottom, that's a sound, but then that's a very different sound, right? Where you're just yeah. putting that F instead of the yeah. G. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And
0: that would be, you know, technically that's like a sus two, right? Mm-hmm. But again, what scale is that? It's just the key of E flat. That's what yeah. we're thinking of here. And it's with, you know, all of this, even like if you're on a B flat seven, like this, right? This is a hinged B flat dominant chord, right? Where Here's our, our seven. So this is A flat, C, E flat, and G, right? So like w- B flat, seven says, But this is just this, where we're mm-hmm. hinging the root up to the nine, the third up to the th- four, and the five up to the right. right? Yeah, it's all represented it like right there. It's all represented in that. Yeah. And what's cool about that then is like, that's where all this comes from, you know? All of this can move. As part of it, you know, yeah. so it, it's a really it's it's much simpler than something that can be a little bit more elaborate, like some of various concepts. But I love it. And and, check and out, are
1: all inversions are legal on this? all inversions, uh, open, closed,
0: all legal. Check out Russell Garcia's. Uh, I think it's the contemporary arranger and composer. It's from the I think the 50s or 60s. Well, so hold it's, some, now. it's got some dated stuff and it has this. And shout out to our Open Studio Pro member, John W who
1: came up with the term hinging, we were talking about, what is this? And he's like, oh, those notes are hinging up and down. Interesting, okay, yeah, yeah. so, well, I was gonna say, yeah, you can check that out, but also check out Adam Maness and Open Studio Pro if you're into these kinds of, yeah. like what I would consider this is a very nerdy, theoretical hey, concept that has great out. applications, though. It has like, really me, practical, w- simple applications, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and it's that fun. leads us into interesting places yeah. and explanations of things that you can be like, oh, wow. Yeah. I can hear, you know, Shirley yeah. Horn was hinging all over the place and, now that I understand and it. And
0: be on the lookout too. It's this is part of my new course here in Great Harmony that I'm mm-hmm. currently recording and should be out in a few Available weeks. Available to all Open Studio members. Yeah, it's going Go to be
1: openstudiojazz.com. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, if you're into this kind, of I mean, of if thing, we're
0: gonna if we're gonna shell for ourselves here, why don't you read some ratings and reviews, man? It's well, for sure, time.
1: but I'm just saying, like, if you made it, first of all, thank you for making it this far into the podcast. But if you like this kind of stuff, oh, they're riveted, and you they're have time. Riveted. If you want, and this, look, this is the way we're doing things. It's very simple over at Open Studio. I don't know if you know that now. We have two different courses of action. Yeah, calls to action. You can become an Open Studio member. That's right. Very or popular. you can become an Open Studio Pro member. Also popular. And really the main difference is the live element, the community element. You're part of the community well, when you come in. And the price. Yeah, and yeah. the price is a little. bit. yeah. yeah. But I'm saying like if you've got the time and the inclination to really want to move quickly with like a community that you'll get to know with live sessions with such. Yeah. I mean, I know this sounds crazy. You will actually have some live access via Zoom to none other than Adam Mannes. Well, And Peter Martin. And to Peter Martin. Yeah. And Chris Parks. And Jeffrey Keiser. And Jeremy Sus- Suskind. Jeremy Siskind, Siskind, One of Siskind. the great YouTube piano Jeffrey kids. Kieser. Ruben Rogers. Yeah. Like John
0: O'Leary, who's a new teacher, has become yeah. very popular.
1: So if you want to go pro, or you can just come in as a regular Open Studio member, dab your dabble your feet, as they would say.
0: Yeah, Open Studio member is, uh,
1: membership is about the information,
0: and the Open Studio Pro is the information plus the community and the feedback.
1: Exactly. Yeah. For the cost of a latte, one latte per week, you know? Uh, per- and if you're rich, you can do both. <laughs> All right, ratings and reviews. Here we go. We have two new reviews. Thank you, guys, because I know, like, leaving a review on an Apple podcast is kind of a pain in the ass. I'm not a fan of
0: leaving reviews.
1: (laughs) No, I am a fan of you leaving us reviews, but So we appreciate it. I don't want to say it's it's a pain in the ass so that you don't go do it. Figure it out. Come on, you can do it. Gentlemen's agreement. We're gonna provide you
0: gentlemen's agreement crap again. Where no, you know what I'm going? saying.
1: Like if you shake on something, are we gonna duel at the end of this episode? Yeah, exactly. If people don't leave us ratings reviews, we may. But the idea is that we give you this podcast. <laughs> Look, you just learned there was about a him. gentleman's agreement, sir. <laughs> yeah. Why you gotta be Irish? Scottish? Scottish? Um, big shout out to my, my my Scottish family in Edinburgh. I thought I was just being fancy. I didn't. You know. were being very fancy. Um, so no, the idea is that we provide you with this amazing podcast for free. There's no charge. There's no gain. They know they're
0: already in. there. Why, why do you I, bristle when I say that? Because you're this. just com- adding complexity. <laughs> why, do you, why does this to, shape you? They, we make it. They listen. They leave us a review. That's all. That's that the agreement. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Okay. That's why. Why formality into it? Shaping? Do they need to sign a contract? What's it's, going well, on? This
1: is a gentleman's agreement. <laughs> no, in that we're no. You know what? Do it they is? have to be gentlemen. Are you Let me are explain it to you. It's like the PBS pledge drive. You don't have to... Because that's what we want this uh, show to be. (laughs) We are the PBS of jazz podcast, of music podcast. No, the idea is that we are going to provide this. It's not like we're like we're waiting for them to to to, to give us the rating review, and then we're going to buy it. We're providing it in advance. That's the gentlemanly part. We're opening the door for you. It's true. All we ask for in in it's not even an even exchange. All they got to go. It takes like 30 seconds to do this. I mean, this they takes also us hours. Through this kind of crap too. <laughs> anyway, leave us a rating review and, and and subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's it.
0: Right, check out our open studio swag here, Look at that. Look,
1: let's see exactly. Okay, here's the first one. Okay, go ahead. Motivational. Five stars. Keeps me motivated. And engaged in the jazz community. I always want to practice after listening. Word. Thank you to Tan Man Plan Stan. Tan Man Plan Stan from the United States of America. Um, and then our second rating review, Learning the Language. Five stars. If you want to learn a language, go live. Go live where they speak it and immerse yourself. <laughs> so This guy is so into going live. <laughs> he loves going live. We go live every day. We go, go live days. every day. day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> gotta Put the bell if on. If you want
1: to learn a language, go, go live where they speak it it and I, you know what? I want to go learn English. I want to go to America where they speak it and I can learn it because I can't read it. If you want to learn a language, go live where they speak it and immerse yourself. This is the place to learn the language of music and jazz. Adam and Peter talking music, and for once, I'm starting to get it. This is the best podcast I've found in a long time. Thanks for doing this, guys. Thank you, Rich Grimshaw from the United States of America. That's saying a lot talking about us like that. We're public school kids, right? We're, yeah. we're not uh, obviously you know we, we, we're barely graduates some of us Ha <laughs> anyway thank you guys for being here thank you Adam thank you producer Caleb thank you to the listeners until next time hinge it you'll hear it